following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Good morning. I'm really glad to be here. I'm thrilled. I'm humbled. Uh, so I, I come before you. This is the first time this year that we're going to uh, venture into the the new theme, uh, your kingdom come, and um, I'm just beyond grateful to be before you to uh, bring the message. Uh, I've noticed, I read in an article this week about how many of the emergency rooms are filled with sick people, and uh, it's, 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 it's that time of year, and it seems maybe it's worse this year than in years past, um, and maybe there's uh, some of that going on in, in your life. Uh, and, and so this is going to be a message of encouragement today. Uh, and, and before I even get any further, to encourage you to say that, uh, and I know it can be a distraction when you're not feeling well or there's someone close to you who's not feeling well. Uh, and maybe it's beyond just uh, the flu or COVID or something and it's much more serious and how that can be a distraction how that might pull your, your eyes off of the Word and, and, your, and your time with the Lord. I, I know. And I'm, and I'm praying for you. And I'm encouraging you today. I'm saying, don't give up. Okay, don't let it. That's, that's the enemy trying to pull you apart from your time in the Word. Be encouraged. Okay, give it over to the Lord. Uh, unfortunately, uh, and we're going to talk about this today, when we discuss your kingdom come, we oftentimes forget about the second part of that when we say your will be done. And that is going to be something for us to really pay attention to this year. And so I ask you uh, to be encouraged to trust God in every situation, to continue to, you know, to trust Him no matter what you're going through. Um, we discussed this uh, this morning specifically in Matthew 6 when, when Jesus says, Seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all those things that you're worried about. Don't worry about those things because tomorrow it will take care of itself. And that's not our, our go-to, is it? And so don't worry. Uh, we, we, we have to be mindful of that because worry does nothing. And I, I posted up a, a quote from Corey Ten Boom who Many of you probably know, but it's very, very good for us to kind of hold fast to worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. It's literally sapping your strength, your energy. It's taking your eyes off of the things that are truly eternal and important in Christ Jesus. Be encouraged because the King is coming. That's our message today. Now, in, in our study this morning, we were going through the Lord's Prayer, and um, we're not really going to do that today. Uh, we could, and probably every single month it would be new and refreshing. Uh, I'm just excited at what the Lord brought to me uh, these last few weeks uh, as I was preparing for this message. It's just been an encouragement, and I hope it's an encouragement to you um, I think the grace of our Lord is evident in the text. I think that uh, we have so much to be thankful for. 
Um, and it's just a privilege to be before you in that regard. Um, I come back to this every time uh, as I uh, start off and every single time I have uh, someone say, how are you? Of course, and the short answer is fine, good, okay. Um, my, my go-to response, and I, and I don't mean to be cliche or sound callous, but I mean it, is that every day is a new day. That's how I'm doing. That I have an opportunity because of the grace of God to be alive, to breathe, to encourage other people, to use the gifts and blessings that he gave me, and to share them with the rest of the world. And how can I not be humbled by that? And so I encourage you today to look at it through that lens. How can you not be moved at what Jesus done for us? Every single day. I'm not talking about stuff. I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about him. His sacrifice, his love, his grace, his mercy, his precious word. No matter where you are in your walk, every day is a new beginning. And I pray that today, as we see more of what Jesus had revealed, that you're moved to build God's kingdom yourself, to be an ambassador for Christ, to know that that's your actual mission. This year, we are focusing on your kingdom come, as it came up on the screen there. Just as a quick reminder, and this is so profound, it's, it's an unbelievable thing, that we, we, two years ago, our focus was dwell, right? And, and the encouragement to, to spend extra time, to find time, to make time, to be in, in quiet time with the Lord and, and meditating on His Word and in, in prayer and listening. And then last year, we, we turned our theme, our, our, our theme was to shine, to shine the light of Christ, to be that witness to be that window that others might see Jesus through us. That was the, the theme of last year and how dwell and shine are so intertwined. And I'm going to tell you, this is, this is new for me. This, your kingdom come, this, this theme is it's kind of different for me. Um, it has to be a priority. And the dwell and the ability to shine, merge. And as pastor referred to us as kingdom kids, but we are that. And is that how we see ourselves? Are we connected to Jesus? Do we remain close? Are we staying in his word? Are we studying his scriptures? Are we studying it not for some sort of knowledge, but a relationship? Because that will be evident in how we live. It'll demonstrate our maturity, our growing maturity in our relationship with the Lord. Jesus said we must stay connected to the vine to produce fruit. And our ability to shine the light of Jesus is exactly that. It's connected to our time in the Word. But today we're talking about the kingdom of God coming. We're talking about the kingdom of God in us. There's two aspects that we're going to see today, and it's been eye-opening to say the least. 
heart-wrenching in some respects. But I hope that it's an encouragement to you, no matter where you are, that you're encouraged that this, this is the year that you are going to recognize your mission to be on mission for the King of Kings. The Lord's Prayer, as we know it, it represents a link to our shining the light of Jesus Christ. And I'll be honest, I admit this openly, my upbringing, the Lord's Prayer, was very ritualistic. You just rattle it off. So today we're going to look at a part of that. We're going to look at that in a different way. We're going to look at the verse 10 where Jesus is laying out for us a clear request for the kingdom to come. And if you've ever had that moment in your walk with the Lord when you say increase my faith, be careful what you wish for. Lord, your kingdom come. Be careful. Get ready. If you mean it, if you're sincere, that's why I'm so encouraged and so excited about what's happening through this message today. So let's get to it. And just so you know, that's the, that's the text of our scripture, of, of, our, of our message today. Uh, it's only one verse. And um, you might be thinking, well, one verse, we should be out of here quick. What time's the game today? Like three, I think. You'll probably make it. Uh, to be honest with you, there was some thought uh, initially um, on my part the same way. Um, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not so fast. So uh, if you would, I would uh, ask you to please, uh, we're going to read the text. If, you can, if you're able to stand and grab your Bibles and go to Matthew 6, I'm going to read verses 7 through 13 and show honor to the Lord as we read his precious word. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we, have also, have, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, you may be seated. Let's pray. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day in just uh, a, a posture of gratitude, uh, a posture of adoration, a posture of recognition of your sovereignty, of your greatness. Uh, we never want to take that for granted, Lord. Please, God, I pray that you would Open our eyes today to your word, to your message. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this place, that you would touch hearts, that you would encourage, that you would lead others to back to you. May each one here represented knows that you're with them, that you'll never leave them nor forsake them, that they can trust you because you are our great provider, our redeemer, our great healer, 
You supply all our needs. We pray, God, that this message about your kingdom coming and your kingdom being alive is one that brings us to a place where we absolutely and unequivocally want to serve you and serve others in, for your glory and your glory alone. I pray, Lord, that you would bring healing to those who are in need this week, those who are struggling with sickness of any kind. I pray for those who are struggling with their faith, that you would encourage them, that your Holy Spirit would draw them and lead them to you. Lord, we need you now more than ever. I pray, God, that this would be a message that is clearly from you and not this broken vessel. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for making a way where there was no way. We look to you for all things. It's in your mighty name that we do pray. Amen. Okay, so we uh, have some context here. This is Jesus is basically teaching on prayer. This is a, uh, a part of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and we see Jesus is emphasizing imp- the importance of aligning one's will with the will of God. And that's a great, it's a great place to start. Um, that should be our posture every, every day. Right? Our will be done? No. Your will be done. And so, be encouraged. The phrase, your kingdom come, expresses desire for God's rule and reign to be established on earth, in us. Your will be done underscores what we would be submitting to God's divine plan and purpose, both in heaven and on earth. Is that our posture? And I'm not meaning this to be critical, but it's to open our eyes to that very real claim. That's what it should be. When we say your kingdom come and your will be done, it should start there. That it is a recognition of of his will is greater than mine and that my desires my posture should be to line it up with him and the more that i'm in his word and the more that i'm in prayer and the more i'm listening the more he's going to reveal to each of us his divine plan matthew 6:10 points to the significance of seeking god's kingdom and aligning his will in our daily lives surrendering to God's authority, trusting in his plan, actively participating in the realization of God's kingdom and on earth through righteous living and obedience. This is not a ritualistic comment. Right? This is not um, a message that says if we do these things, we're getting God's good favor. Because the work has already been done, it's got nothing to do with anything that we can do. It's by the grace of God that righteous living is a movement of the Holy Spirit, our desire to be in step with that Spirit. Why? That others can see Jesus through us, not for our glory, but for His. That we might be a window to Christ. This is so, so important because you don't know who you're going to rub elbows with at any point where you might be the only window to Christ that they see today, tomorrow, next week. How do you feel about that responsibility? It's all intended to bring God's kingdom to others, to the world. Is that you? Are those your intentions? 
Listen, I was a baby Christian for a long time. And I say that regret, regrettably. I felt uh, the need to keep it to myself. I don't have to bring it to anyone else. I don't have to tell them about anything else. And over time, as I like to say, the Lord is sanding the rough edges off this block of wood. And he revealed to me that this is not it. That our hearts must be open. Our minds must be opened. And the, the Lord's prayer illustrates that for us. The broad context of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is providing just essential teaching. Humility and prayer and living a righteous life, one that is honorable. It's a firm foundation for a life that aligns with God's kingdom. It's the Christian life, as we want to call it. So let me back up for just a second and just kind of bring, bring to mind before we get to 6.610 how Jesus is making God a, a priority at the very beginning of the Lord's Prayer. In verse 9, he says, Our Father. What a beautiful gift to know that the creator of the universe, that the creator of all life is our Father. And Jesus is, is opening that door, that window, and saying it's, it's our Father. We have access to that. And then goes on to say, Hallowed be thy name. Holy God, worthy of all praise, worthy of my, my bending down on my knees and bowing before you. Hallowed be your name. Just in case you were wondering, you're that amazing. You're that awesome. And I believe every prayer should have a, 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 a semblance of this adoration, a semblance of this, this worship before God. Recognizing His sovereignty. Recognizing that He is holy. And yet He's willing to be with us. His Spirit in us to be mindful of us, to care for us. This is the same God. How awesome is that? So we, we should be like Jesus. And time and again through Scripture, we have to pull back and recognize He's modeling for us how to be in right relationship with, with our God. And this is an example of that. The proclamation of sovereignty the greatness of God. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Not to be hokey or cliche. He's modeling that for us as believers and we should consider elevating that sense of sovereignty when we pray. Now, that's not to say, listen, you're driving down the road and you see something and you know, you're praying on the, on the spot. I you understand what I'm saying. It's not meant to be rote or ritualistic by no means. I'm just saying that Whenever possible, we should recognize the sovereignty of our God. Now the message is that the king is coming. Uh, and throughout uh, Old Testament scriptures, uh, we know that the kingdom is referenced as it's coming. And whenever we have a, 
kingdom, there's always a king. Um, most of my study of history revealed that there are a bunch of bad people. Horrendous at that. But let's look at uh, Isaiah 9, which is a, a verse that we often will read during the Christmas season. His profound prophecy about the coming Messiah, the kingdom. And he reveals that one day God's son will establish that very kingdom. For us, to a, a child is born. For us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be wonderful, called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The kingdom is coming. The Messiah is going to establish his authority. The anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior, and Isaiah is pointing to that. He's going to establish his rule and reign. We know that Scripture says that at, in, when Jesus returns that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. And what's interesting about that is when I say that's the truth, we're going to get into that in a minute. What is truth? But God's kingdom is unique, it's special, it's glorified. It's not a human kingdom. Praise the Lord for that. As we know from history, earthly kingdoms rise and fall, but the reign of God will prevail and it will last forever. Prophecies of the coming of God's kingdom involves rule, reign, and righteousness. We see in the book of Daniel that there's additional prophecy as he is interpreting the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. Chapter 2, verses 44 and 45. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end. And shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. This dream is certain and its interpretation sure. I love that part at the end. Just in case you were wondering that whether or not this was the real deal. But it's foreshadowing the coming kingdom. It's coming indeed. And we're called to prepare ourselves and to tell others about it. It's a, it's a, it's a two-step process. It's the recognition of it and then to go and do something about it. And now we kind of shift gears a little bit. We know what prophecy said several hundred years before the coming of Christ, before he walked the earth as a fully human, fully God person. We know the kingdom is here because he said so. When we pray your kingdom come, we're asking God to advance and expand that kingdom in the hearts of people. We're anticipating the day when that kingdom literally comes, when Jesus returns, when the prophecies are fulfilled of the coming of the king. 
But scripture is pointing to a kingdom that's present right now. That during the New Testament scriptures, it points to that very thing. When Jesus was on earth the first time. When he came as a, as a man. Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He knew. Luke 4.17, from, from, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus reminding those who were about to put him to death. In Luke 17, verses 20 and 21, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And when Jesus went up to sit on the throne after he was resurrected and he had prophesied this before and said that I'm going to leave with you a Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit a counselor the kingdom is still here the kingdom should be thriving in each of us as a believer because the Holy Spirit is in us so that which Jesus left is in us the kingdom is here we are the kingdom for our glory no not at all it should be reflected in how we live our abiding in prayer, our study of the word. It should be demonstrated through the fruit of our lives, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom should show, uh, show in how we love others, how we bless others, how we forgive others, how we care for the less fortunate. Is that you? Is that me? Do you view your day-to-day activities as an opportunity to show others the kingdom of God? Because the truth is, it's here. It is in you. Are you willing? Now Jesus is also pointing to the future kingdom. The same one Isaiah and Daniel were prophesying about. The kingdom that will come in all its fullness when Jesus returns. So this year we'll be providing reminders of the kingdom is coming. And so is the king. Jesus illustrates this when Pilate asks him what kind of king he was. Jesus didn't fit into Pilate's perception. He didn't conform to the popular notion of a political leader, a military leader. He responded by saying, my kingdom is not of this world. If you look at John 18, 36, the first part of 38, it characterizes that discussion. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into this world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Verse 38. 
Pilate said to him, what is truth? Now he goes on, but I want to stop right there. It's profound how direct Jesus is about his purpose. His purpose is to bear witness to the truth, the gospel message, the coming kingdom. The truth is that he came to save the world this time, to save us from our sin. He's coming, his kingdom is coming again and he will come to judge. Don't miss this point. Pilate says, what is truth? Is this not the same sentiment that's plaguing our culture today? How many people in your circle of life ask the same question? There's an epidemic of my truth is the only truth. It's spreading through our world, but particularly in, in, in developed countries. And actually seeing Pilate ask the same question to be as confused as what we see in some culture today. It's somewhat of a relief. Because this is not new. This is not some new thing. Maybe the way it's being purported is, but the truth is, as King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 1, verse 9, what has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. The truth is that the message of Jesus Christ is necessary for salvation. That there's only one way. And he demonstrates his love for us in taking the brunt taking the sin, taking the, 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 the sin that we commit and having the wrath poured out onto him that we can stand in his righteousness, we need to hear that every day. That's the truth. In John 8, he's 31 and 32, it says, the truth shall set you free. The truth is that salvation only comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. In John 14, 6. It's so critical for each believer to stand up, to stand out, to build the kingdom of God here and now. Jesus makes this point clear. Matthew 9, 37 and 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. A point of application, some practical application here is how will you demonstrate the kingdom of God lives in you? And is, is it present in our world today? What will be different? What will be the same? Will you pray that the Lord will open and reveal blind spots? that we don't get too comfortable, that we basically get to a point of comfort in our walk. John 8, 31, 32 spells that out. The truth will set you free. God created the heavens and the earth. He sent his son Jesus to save us from our sin. He loves us more than we can ever know. Do you recognize that? Is that your posture in the morning? 
that he can't love you any more and he will never love you any less. The truth is that God's kingdom is coming. The king is coming back. The king is coming, amen. We're called to make disciples of all nations now. We don't get to huddle up and keep the message of truth to ourselves. If you think of what a messenger does, and I'm not talking about instant messenger or email messages, I'm talking about people who deliver messages. They don't sit behind a desk or closed doors. We are those messengers, messengers of truth. We're called to share the message of Christ. His spirit lives, his spirit lives in us. It's here now, and Jesus is coming back to judge all those who have not accepted that truth that Jesus is Lord. The king is coming. Sadly, my young uh, son can't be here today. He's got the flu. He's in quarantine. He gave me this shirt for, shirt for Christmas. And uh, as simple as it is, it's, it's a great reminder. And I love it because it does. It reminds us when people see it, it's, it's, it's the truth. The king is coming. Let us never forget, never forget that. Now, when Jesus says, your kingdom come, he's inviting us to seek the reign of God in our lives. A, a plea for his divine order and righteousness. A plea, is that how you look at it? What is a plea? Begging. He's directing believers to show the kind of love that characterizes God's kingdom. He's calling for these characteristics to show themselves in every aspect of our lives. And it's not about us. He's going to provide you with everything that you need. No matter where you are, what you're going through. It's a point of application to ask yourself, is that where you are today? Is that where your heart and mind are? To plead for righteousness to God to shine through your life. To demonstrate the kingdom of God and how you live and breathe to love others sacrificially in this kingdom as we await the fruition of the full fullness of the kingdom of God. As believers, we're called to the, be ambassadors of the heavenly kingdom. Many of you are excellent examples of that. Jim and Carla, praise God. Reflecting the values, the thoughts, the actions, building relationships and what's great is what wakes us up, which reveals to us is that we cannot do it alone. Right? We are motivated people. We like to be in control. But we can't do this alone. Jesus basically he said, without me you can do nothing. We must plug into the power of God, the Holy Spirit. It's so necessary for us to be that true instrument of the kingdom. And as I said, Jesus left the Holy Spirit for us. And when we trust our lives to Christ, we make him the king of our lives. It illuminates that very fact that we cannot do it alone. 1 Corinthians 2, 12-14 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. 
And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. I love that. Spiritually discerned. So good. The Holy Spirit is in us. I would say that the fullness of the kingdom is not here yet. But we are called to live out what, the, what portion of the kingdom that is. And we can't do it alone. That we should be praying that the kingdom comes, yes, and that his will be done, which is hard for us. But to seek the glory of God, to seek the glory of God in our lives and that it is paid forward to those that we interact with, the Holy Spirit in us. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Acts, Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When the Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. Not maybe. Don't miss that. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We need that reminder that we can't do it alone, that we shouldn't even try, that our humility before the Lord should open our eyes, our hearts, our minds to the fact that the Holy Spirit is in us and that we want that to just come out to guide us, to lead us, to prepare others for the kingdom to see the kingdom now, to see it alive. And what does that require? That requires us to surrender and to submit. How's that going for you? The second part of the verse, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, points to the surrender of our will to God's divine plan. I mentioned that a little bit earlier. It's our acknowledgement that God's will is perfect, holy, far superior to our limited understanding. It requires us to be humble. How's that going for you? Humility. When we come into our time of prayer, when we come before the, uh, the word of God, is it a box that we're checking or is it a, in a posture of humility in recognizing that he's perfect, he's holy, that our understanding is limited and only it is what revealed from him that enables us to go out to be his kingdom people. So how do we practically live that out? Matthew 6.10. How do we cultivate a heart of surrender and submission? Acknowledging God and his sovereignty in every circumstance that we encounter. I stink at that. But the Holy Spirit is there to remind me, not to beat me down, but to encourage me. And so I'm here to tell you to be encouraged. Surrender. Here's some reminders. 
to encourage you. Matthew 16, 24 to 27. And Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loves his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and he will repay each person according to what he has done. Surrender. Take up your cross daily. Everyone's got a different cross. Luke fourteen thirty three. So therefore, as one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. As we seek to align our will with God's, we invite his guidance, his wisdom, and his purpose. When we pray, we're inviting God in. He already knows what we need. We're opening our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our souls for his direction, for his rule and reign. James 7, 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. We can surrender through studying Scripture, yes, but not as a, not as a textbook. Okay, it's not a textbook. I've said this before, that there are card-carrying atheists who know this book backwards and forwards. They deny the existence of God, yet they know the Scriptures better than many of us. It's a relationship. It has to be. Praying constantly, consistently, that the Lord will reveal to you what these precious words are are intended to mean today they might be different tomorrow. How we, apl- how we apply it. That we might discern those things and align our desires with God's will. Psalm 37, 4. can never hear this enough. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart because your heart is going to align with his heart. Your will will align with his will when you are sincere in your study, in your relationship, you desire that you want more of him and less of yourself. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Our actions should reflect the love, the mercy, and the justice that characterizes God's kingdom. Not our kingdom. His. Micah 6.8 He has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Great reminders to be in a posture of surrender. To be on mission as an ambassador. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 Beloved, let us love one another. We've talked about this before. Beloved. Beloved. Let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves 
has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. It is a outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When we're willing to love the way Jesus loves us. When we're willing to be as patient with others the way Jesus, God is with us. As forgiving. How else can we build God's kingdom in our daily lives? Live out loud for Jesus. Living out Matthew 6.10 involves actively participating in God's redemptive work. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we must be agents of change. We must be patient. We must spread love. Share love. We must be love. We must be compassionate. Take the focus off yourself. Put your focus on God. Take the focus off yourself. Put the focus on others. How are we doing with that? Do we pray that our hearts will be broken by the things that break God's heart? We probably should be. Again, love, kindness, forgiveness, reconciliation. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. That is by the power of the Spirit that we can love. Bring peace and joy and kindness and goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control. It's not on our own strength. We're called to be agents of reconciliation in 2 Corinthians 5, 18. Ministers of reconciliation, not dissension, not confusion, clarity, truth. We must shine the light of Jesus to the world as he taught in Matthew 5, 16. This is how we demonstrate God's kingdom on earth. What an opportunity. What a great responsibility we have. It's awesome. It's humbling. Will you take that on? And here's the key. For many of us, this is a struggle. Perfection is not required. Our ability to be the kingdom on earth comes from God, not us. None of us are perfect. Only Jesus But many will try to refrain from interacting. They'll try to refrain from being God's ambassador or even stepping in that direction until they've gotten cleaned up. Or whatever their reason for waiting might be. Don't wait. Let me make this clear. (laughs) You'll never be cleaned up enough. It's not in your own strength. It's in His. God does not call the equipped, right? He equips the called. If the disciples aren't examples of that, I don't know what is. Jesus came. He died. He was buried. 
He was raised from the dead that every believer can stand in his righteousness. They've been justified. Their sin's been forgiven. Now the creator of the universe wants to use us to build his kingdom. The creator of the universe wants to use you and me to build it right where you are and right where you will be. Will you trust that he knows what he's doing? Will you be inspired to step out in faith to build his kingdom? To be kingdom people? Will you recognize the king is coming back and that we need to tell as many people as possible? I hope that you take that to heart today. That you understand that you'll have to put on the full armor of God because that target is now going to be much bigger on your back. And it's going to probably be in neon. The enemy is coming for you. But that does not diminish the responsibility we have to stand firm in our faith, to stand firm on the promises of of his precious word. I'm getting ready to wrap things up here in just a minute, I promise. As we reflect on Matthew 6.10, let each one of us hold fast to the profound truth that's embedded in the Lord's Prayer. May we continuously seek God's kingdom. May we continuously pray for it to come, to to be revealed. May we surrender our will to God's will every day, every hour, every minute. May we actively participate in the divine work of building his kingdom on earth. There's going to be challenges in that. You're going to get in, the, into, in relationships with people who are going to not want to hear it. How can you do that in love? God will reveal those things to you if you're sincere. It didn't mean it's going to be easy. May we become vessels through which God's glory is revealed. May we preach the gospel with our words and our actions. May we be instruments used for God's will to be accomplished for his glory and his glory alone. If you're here today and this message is resonating with you, please don't leave without praying with one of us. If you need to recommit your heart to God, turn your your, your face back to Jesus and you want to talk about it and pray, pray with myself, pray with Pastor Colin, Rob, any of those in leadership. Don't leave here today without praying. The Holy Spirit's moving in you if that's the case. Make today that day. Don't walk out those doors, please. The Spirit is moving. I'm going to ask the worship team to head back up here. I'm going to finish up. As you guys know, it comes to be kind of a regular type thing as I share with you some of the music that inspires me in my relationship with the Lord. And uh, I'm all over the place, uh, as you probably know. But in this particular case, as I wrap up, I want to use this song as a prayer. Uh, from a wily Irish band named Wren Collective. They, they wrote a song called Build Your Kingdom Here.
And as I finish up, I want that to be our prayer today. Unto God. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire. Win this nation back. Change the atmosphere. Build your kingdom here. We pray. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church and we need your power in us. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger, we thirst. Refuse to waste our lives for you are our joy and prize to see the captive hearts released, the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church and we pray, revive this earth, build your kingdom here, unleash your kingdom's power, reaching the near and far, no force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts, you made us for much more than this, awake the kingdom seed in us, fill us with your strength and the love of Christ, we are your church, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.